0: What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to Stacking Slabs. This is your hobby content alternative. I'm your host, Brett McGrath. I collect sports cards. I have a podcast about collecting sports cards. I think if you're here, you collect sports cards too. There is a lot going down. I'm recording this in the wee hours of the early morning. You know you collector parents out there when you have a sliver of time before the children wake up to do something. You try to do it. You try to get it in. So I am trying to get this in, but I'm also trying to be very mindful that we deliver this content in premium stacking slabs fashion. I wake up really early in the morning so I can get my run in looking out for my physical health and my mental health. And it's a game. Every time I come back, I grab the monitor and my two-year-old, it's like I click it and it's, is she going to be standing up? She's she going to be in bed? So she was standing up when I was uh, getting ready to get in the shower. So I knew I was under the gun. When I came back, she was asleep. And now I've got the monitor. She's wrestling around. But you know what? I think I can get this in and enough time. Um, I want to thank um, our unofficial sponsor for today, which is a brand that is just uh, very present here at Stacking Slabs headquarters. It is Pepperidge Farms Goldfish. Um, I just uh, eat about a thousand of those a day. You know the big old boxes. Um, you, you you give those snacks to your kids but you also eat them yourself and all of a sudden you realize you've probably eaten three-fourths of one of those mega cartons um, but they're so tasty. It's a nice treat um it's a delight so I want to thank the the fine people over at Pepperidge Farms just great people just looking out for the collector looking out for our kids and um yeah they're just if you're looking for a quick snack for you or your children buy one of those mega jugs of uh Pepperidge Farms gold fish uh today we will uh, we, we we dance around mainstream topics uh, a lot of the time on this show because we're focused in on the collector. But I think from what we saw in the hobby this week, can can uh, we can analyze it from a collector's lens and talk a little bit about it. But I do want to um, talk about uh, repacks a little bit. I know, shocking, but we're going to mention repacks. I'm going to talk about a uh, persistence card that I picked up um, and a whole bunch of other topics but as i record this we are going into uh the nfl week the games have not played uh, i'm a freaking fan it is just such a um it's such a reward and it's so painful to be a fan sometimes and i'm not just talking about nfl i'm talking about all and all of sport So this sickness just uh, washes over us and can really impact our day to day. Um, On Saturday, my daughter, we're talking about naps and stuff. That's that's how I operate. It's how I get some room to do stuff. Um, I I just put down my daughter for a nap, and I got a notification from Woj um, saying Tyrese Halliburton was going to be out for the second stint of the Pacers Miami game because of an illness. Immediately, I'm like very in a a bad mood the rest of the day because Pacers lost. In their first matchup, the second matchup on Saturday night, um, just was like, they stand absolutely no chance. And what happened? Every player on the team stepped up in Halliburton's absence, and the Pacers beat Miami in that game. And I went to bed, and I was so overjoyed because I was so surprised about the performance. And then I wake up, and we've got uh, the NFL going on. And it's a critical week, week 13 for many teams. Colts specifically, um, don't know what's going to happen. Like, I never know on the other side of this, but um, you, you put all your chips in a basket, you get excited, and you just don't know. And that is part of the fun of uh, being a fan and associating our fandom with collecting cards, but it also can be very, very stressful. And sometimes you just got to take a step back and say, you know what? I don't have any control over it. At least that's the way I'm thinking about it. And I thought, For a second here, it might be good. Um, Week 13, we're rolling just to talk a little bit about off the top, kind of maybe who I think of the NFL deserves certain awards. And let me say, those awards can change, and it will change. But just things that are catching my eye, just run through those really quick. Defensive player of the year. You know, it's fun when a defensive player enters the league, and it just seems like they've been there for years and they immediately come in and be established and I think on the defensive side is really hard to transition from college football into the NFL without some reps and sets especially on the defensive line and I think unanimous uh, for me is uh, Jalen Carter just having a hell of a year for the Eagles and I think he's going to be just a very special player for some time Offensive Rookie of the Year. I wish I could say Anthony Richardson in the spot, and maybe he was on that track before he got hurt. But, you know, you just got to say C.J. Stroud here. And it is fun in the AFC South. People for so long were like, man, the AFC South sucks. But you know what happens? Each team or gets a young quarterback, and then it becomes interesting. I think there's going to be a lot of fun matchups for years to come between C.J. Stroud and Anthony Richardson. CJ Stroud and Trevor Lawrence, Anthony Richardson and Trevor Lawrence. And maybe something will happen. Will Levis and uh Tennessee. Uh there, there's a lot of fun going on in the AFC South, but I think CJ Stroud, there's no denying that man from Offensive Rookie of the Year. Comeback player. I, you know, you can you can say Demar Hamlin for, you know, overcoming all of this, which is is certain. I kind of think about it from just like impact on team this year and to a tongue of Al-Aloa, to me after the concussions and what he's doing this year. And the Mike McDaniel offense is, is you're going to see a lot of dolphins on this list, but I think he's probably my comeback player of the year offensive rookie of the year or offensive player of the year. Uh, Tyreek Hill. I'm not sure there's a better offensive player in the NFL right now than Tyreek Hill. He's so fun to watch. We're going to go to coach of the year, which is a tough one. Um, And this is probably the toughest one because I think the whole season needs to take place in order for us to really get a gauge on this. And there's a few names here. I'm going to throw some honorable mentions. I'm going to throw Mike McDaniel, stay on the Dolphins train. I think he's a remarkable coach, probably my favorite coach outside of my own, which I think Shane Steichen with this team and overcoming adversity deserves some consideration. But uh, my coach of the year right now is uh, we're going back to Philadelphia and Nick Sirianni just he's got those guys and that team just set and he just does such a hell of a job and was in Indianapolis before the stint in um, Philly and just really enjoy his style and what he's doing there. And not something that I would expect right now, but my MVP is Dak Prescott. I think Dak Prescott's playing just the best football he's ever played. The Cowboys are on one. And just that's what I'm seeing right now. And we still got time left. Things are going to change. Things are changing. I looked this week. I got a notification. The Colts and Steelers game got flexed into a Saturday 430 game. Uh, and that's in Indy. So that changes things for me as a season ticket holder. But the playoff picture is forming. It's a fun time to watch sports. NBA season is moving quickly. Um, I'm hoping to get to a couple more Pacers game around the holiday. Um, How is everyone's Christmas shopping and holiday shopping going? Have you bought your repacks for the kids? Again, we'll talk a little bit more about repacks. But yeah, make sure like this is the season where we need to load up on sweets. I think that's evident. I have been just consuming Crumble Cookie nonstop. Their chocolate chunk or whatever those gimmicks are with the chocolate in it is just phenomenal. Crumble Cookies, I have a deep passion for your brand. If you want to be an unofficial sponsor or maybe an official sponsor of the Stacking Slabs podcast, hit me up at Stacking Slabs across all those social channels. The more I spend time collecting sports cards, the more I understand the power of persistence. And this hit me like a ton of bricks this week. And it was so awesome. And my favorite moments in the hobby are those moments that we try to plan for, but just hit us like a ton of bricks unexpectedly. And that happened to me. I think... There are cards that come to market that everyone sees and everyone makes decisions on. Card pops up on your favorite selling platform. Everyone's kind of peeking their head around the corner. There's silence when these cards hit in group chat. They can probably be, they're probably listed in their auction style. So you have a little bit of time to understand what your position is, what you want to pay and preparing for those auctions. Then there are cards that are so sexy, but they're only known because of relationships. There's back channel information from trusted resources. They're posted in groups. Um, They're cards that someone has in their PC and possession when someone reaches out directly for you. I'm convinced collectors want cards in collectors' hands. It makes it easier to move cards. And I know... It doesn't make sense to everyone, but it makes sense to me. I try to do this and did this um in preparation or as a fallout for this story when I bought this card, there were other cards that I bought I have just purchased and have my eyes on and what I do and I talk about it' it's damn near every week on the stacking slabs podcast your hobby content alternative is I go in the p c do the judgment day thing and get a box for a consignment, but before. I send those cards to consignment. What I like to do is identify certain cards. And if I know that they are cards that a player collects in my network or I have a relationship with, I always go to them directly and say, hey, these cards are going to consignment. Let me know if you're interested. Just so you can give the collector who collects those cards the first crack. And so we all pay attention, us collectors, we pay attention, we build relationships, we do whatever we can to get the cards in certain collections that we think they need to be. Um, It's an easy transaction because you feel, especially on the rare and scarce side, and I'm not talking about like base cards or generic cards or whatever. I'm talking about cards that people covet. Okay, collector cards. I had cards in this last consignment that I've had for three to four years, and our collector cards. And it was just time to let go because they didn't align directly with the current PC that I'm building this year. Not to say that these cards aren't amazing and I wouldn't want them in my collection, but Sometimes you need the cash to move forward and you just say, that was a hell of a run. I appreciated the time spent. And instead of just like selling this card and putting it out there, I'd rather try to get it into someone's hands. I, I think this is a fun part about collectors. And I think it's a fun part about just the power of relationship building and how we don't believe in just thinking about the hobby from a transactional lens. like. Most mainstream activity treats you. And that's what's happening uh, this past week in full display. But that's where there's a difference and that's where there's a separation. You've got transactional short game players and short game companies who try to mass market to the hobby as a whole. And then you've got the collectors like us who are sitting down here with the strategy. We're playing chess. We're trying to make moves ahead of moves. We're trying to prepare. We're trying to communicate. We're trying to find the damn cards that we love to build at our collection. You know, it is evident when you look at people who are on the mainstream and people who are deeply in it as collectors, pop open the case. When you pop open the case, you see one set of cards that's highly curated. It has a theme. The collector can narrate stories about the cards and why they have the cards. There's consistency across years. There's consistency across sports. There's consistency across players. There's beautiful cards, cards that you've never seen before. And there's deep admiration from the collector and the person on the other side sitting there as a damn witness. You ever been in a show and that's happened? Pop open the case and next thing you know, it two hours later, you're like, holy shit, what just happened to the time? Holy shit, these cards are amazing. That is the person that is listening to this damn show. We are the collectors. We're the people who jump on Instagram and love our freaking cars. Then you've got the other side. You pop open the case and it's just a bunch of chips, right? There's inconsistency, bunch of mainstream players, a bunch of parallels that don't matter, people just trying to flip and move things all along. And I'm saying it's not a bad thing. These people have a place in the hobby. We should all just accept that we all have different interests. But what I'm saying, when you're at the top and you're communicating down to these people who are here for the reason to curate a collection or are here for the reason to move money and cards around, it's completely different. And the strategy is completely different. And I feel like we all can do a better job. And especially those companies at the top who want to try to build residents should be doing a better job, but they're not. Bad, bad communicators. We're going to talk a little bit more about that at the end, and I keep teasing it, but I want to go back to what I'm talking about and the collectors getting cards in collectors' hands and persistence. Okay, so I'm hoping this card landed by the time this episode goes live, but I'm going to just do the reveal and and unveil here if it hasn't already. I picked up a card from another collector one-to-one that did not make the headlines, did not go on eBay, did not get listed. And the card is the 2023 Roman Reigns Select Concourse Black 1-of-1. So, And I'm going to s- start here with some things. So Select is hard because I think most people would rank Concourse at the bottom on the list. But when I saw the original image of this card, I literally stopped dead in my tracks. And it's fun when you're building collections because my collection on the Roman Reigns side has become maybe the most important thing I'm doing because I just feel like I'm building something for me and that is really, really special. But back to the image. The image is just Roman captured so perfectly with the title, just such a stoic look on his face. And the first time I saw this image, I, it caught me dead in the tracks. It was a special type of feeling. And I asked myself, is this the best photo on a Roman Reigns cards of all, card of all time? And let me sidebar this. It's funny. The more you collect in certain segments, the more you learn about yourself and collecting. I like a lot of things as a wrestling fan. And I buy cards of guys from past and present and parallels that are just good buys. And I enjoy those cards in my collection, but end up selling them to fund other things. I think there's absolutely nothing that I've enjoyed more than building out my Roman Reigns collection. He is my goat. Seven WrestleMania headline uh, main events going into the eighth this year, and likely many more. His cards aren't cheap, but I still feel like I have a uh, mindset that I can build one of the most ro- uh, significant Roman Reigns collections in the in the world with focus. I feel also that I'm buying a value. So I had the first out of the, off the line mojo out of seven. PSA 10, graded it myself. I had the gold edition of this card, PSA 10. And when I talk about persistence, I'm talking about there's no right or wrong way to do it. And a collector months ago, when this product dropped, pulled this card. And it's, he didn't have a prominent Roman PC. So I knew that I, I had a chance at potentially getting this card. And it was always something I wanted to evaluate. And I was not, I was told not, no several times. And so when I'm told no several times, but I think there's an opportunity, I constantly try to find ways to check in. Then that moment comes and that moment comes where they reach out to you unexpectedly and say, hey, I'm actually making this available. You've checked in a lot on this. I want you to have first crack. Don't take first cracks for granted. You've earned those first cracks when you get it. All those follow-ups, just make it happen because you really want the card. And I knew this card was going to be expensive, but wasn't going to let anyone else get a chance at it. So you need to act swiftly and then figure out and make decisions later. One of ones are tough on pricing. The seller didn't want to be greedy, but he didn't want to miss out on money. I would consider myself somewhat of a subject matter expert when it comes to Roman Reigns pricing and honestly just wanted to get the deal done. So made a strong offer. There was one counter and the deal got done. There's a lot that goes into these cards that will never leave our collections that I like to reflect on. But at the end of the day, it's all about putting in the damn work. Let's co- close out with this talking about repacks. I think authenticity is the most important ingredient. I, I posted this earlier this week. Authenticity is the most important ingredient for great marketing. When you've got it, you are constantly resonating in a way that wins the hearts and minds of your audience. When you don't have it, you're blasting out a generic message, hoping for. A few poor souls bite. taking time to intimately understand the audience of the people you're trying to resonate with matters more than any silly marketing gimmick brands who get it build fans those who don't are forgotten about when the money comes out so we've got this arena club here you go everyone there's a little publicity on the stacking slabs podcast your hobby content alternative drop this repax product that has a checklist it was rolled out by a bunch of the hobby and mainstream influencers, and there was a campaign to promote it. I have absolutely zero idea what Arena Club is about. And I think that is a problem. I know they grade cards. I know they have Derek Jeter somewhere in the fold. I now know they have a repack product. I now know they have an influencer strategy to get the message out. None of this is necessarily wrong, but companies need to understand that this lacks authenticity and feels very much like the same transactional operating that left many companies dead to rights in 2021. There is a gambling wing of the hobby and there is a collector wing of the hobby. One is not better than the other, but one audience is a lot more sustainable than the others. What are you about Arena Club? Are you about are you serving a problem that your demo currently has? Doesn't it feel like they have any demo, which is, it's just the hobby. That's their demo. Companies lack resonance because it's a batch and blast style of communication. And I understand there are many flavors of the hobby, and that's a good thing. But I'm concerned that if we continue to index on the spray and pray gambling approach, there'll be a continued lack of authenticity across the board, and we will end up in the same place we were In 2021, more companies, more people exiting, more companies failing, and a return to the sky is falling narrative. Collectors will still be here. We'll be eating our damn popcorn, collecting our damn cards, and proceeding with caution when the next company or influencer comes to try to pitch their revolutionary bullshit. It's about quality over quantity. I just think we can do better, and especially from the mainstream perspective. There is the mainstream, and the mainstream is about the transaction. The mainstream is about the gambling mindset. The mainstream is not about enjoying the case. It's not about popping it open and having those stories of those cards that you're building because they can't make a buck on your damn story. So what we have to do is tell our damn stories on outlets like Stacking Slab, because we are collectors who are super fucking passionate about building collections that mean something and talking to our damn friends about it. We don't give a shit about repacks. We don't give a shit about non-genuine things. We don't care about companies who don't stand for something or companies that we don't know anything about. We care about collecting our damn sports cards, because this is the greatest fucking escape known to mankind. My name is Brett McGrath, I collect sports cards. I am a host of the Stacking Slabs podcast that's all about collecting sports cards. And you out there are the collector of sports cards listening and really, really appreciate the time, really appreciate your passion, you sharing your cards, you dropping in the DMs, you connecting with other collectors, and you making this whole damn thing go around. Take care of yourself. I didn't even freaking talk about it, but we have the... Gold Prism coming up. I'm just thinking about this as I'm closing up. Gold Prism on Friday. My man, Danny. Modest card collection. Gold Prism. So important. My favorite parallel. I'm going to say it right out of the gates. We'll be here Friday. Come back for another one. Talk to you soon. Take care.